Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Biomultilingualism, the podcast of the ICME EE project at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism. So we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support by a multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lobato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hablamos, conversation on teaching language and bilingualism. Today we have um, a guest that she is part of the ICME EE um, project. Um, she is Dr. Ziv Nguyen, kind of. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Um, Thank you. I also start the conversation asking the professor if they would like to introduce themselves so the audience can know them a little bit. Um, so if you don't mind, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Zip Nguyen and I just joined the WIDA Consortium at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, but before, uh, and I am here as the Director of Professional Learning at WIDA. Uh, but before this, I was an associate professor at Northeastern Illinois University in Chicago. Um, and uh, before that, I spent many years being school administrators. Um, I was a bilingual director, bilingual program director for 12 years. And then after that, um, I was an assistant superintendent in charge of curriculum and instruction for over six years. Um, and through, that is pretty much my career. I, and I was a consultant, uh, teacher trainer before that, uh, working th with the Illinois Resource Center in Illinois, as well as the multilingual or multi, um, re multi resource center. Uh, that's, I'm dating myself, but that was a long time ago. They no longer exist. Um, that really served teachers of multilingual learners across six states in the U.S. Um, and um, I'm kind of have a good time being here right now in this part of my career, uh, being very innovative and thinking about new things um, to bring to teachers to support them in their teaching of multilingual learners. <laughs> well, I must say that with all of these years of experience, you don't look so I don't know another word, but all. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I just um, I just celebrated my 60th birthday. So Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Happy birthday, first of all. But <laughs> I swear that I didn't think that that was your age at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, with these all years of experience. Um, uh, related to bilingualism and multilingualism, what would you like to to tell us about this? Like, where, what do you think that it's important for new teachers like me that we are gonna start to teach languages in in high schools? Um, what do you think that it will be a good advice or a good recommendation for us? Mm. 
Well, I think um, one of the things that I have learned as someone who worked very closely at the classroom level mm -hmm. and uh, implementing programs is I have learned that language learning is so complicated <laughs> and so personal. Uh, for every child that walks into the classroom, they have a different history as a language learner. And oftentimes, as teachers, because we are so um, curriculum-driven mm -hmm. and we're very purposeful and we have our lesson plans, sometimes we forget that every language learner has a different portrait and a different history. For mm -hmm. myself, in fact, um, my history as a language learner is really instructive in my approach to multilingualism. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in Vietnam and uh, I learned really to uh, speak French very early. I went to a French dual language school, which, as you know, is the language of um, our dominor, uh, dominators, right? <laughs> um, and so for me, reasons that children learn languages uh, are oftentimes more complicated than us uh, educators give them for. Um, I was so thankful that my parents sent me and spent all of my mother's um, money to send me to this very elite French school because in 1975, we ended up as a refugee in Mount Hope, West Virginia in the state. It was the French language that was the bridge that I could use to learn English wow. because Vietnamese was so far different from English that it was, it was quite a jump to kind of learn English. And that's the other thing that I learned is that language learners, multilingual learners use what they have all the time to learn the new language. And as teachers, we need to find out what they already know. Because for me, knowing French helped me learn English. Mm -hmm. Even though I love Vietnamese more, and as a native speaker of Vietnamese, I would prefer to use that as a bridge to new, learn a new language, but that was not possible. Mm -hmm. So there are many ways that children enter into the world of multilingualism and different ways that they use their experience in order to learn a new language. And I think being cognizant of that is also helpful for teachers. When I was in high school in Mount Hope, West Virginia, there was only French one, which I, you know, I was a fluent speaker of French, so I didn't want to take French one. But the new language in the foreign language department then was Spanish, and that's how I learned Spanish. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I, I, I was trying really hard to learn English, but I wanted to earn credits to go to college in a foreign language program and Spanish was the language I didn't know. So that's how I enter into the world of Spanish. And knowing Spanish actually helped me build a career in bilingual education in the United States because French was not a language in bilingual education in the United States at a time. And I wanted to serve the newcomers, the students who are learning English, but then learning Spanish then helped me um, work in the area of, of bilingual education. And so for me, there's, it's so complicated, the issue of how to support a multilingual learner. And I just want to offer my experience 
as a demonstration of how we need to be very cognizant of the things that the learner bring to the learning task of learning a language and never forget that. Wow, so I see that your personal experience was, it was what um, helped you and uh, motivate you to achieve your career. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I feel that um, Spanish is so close to French too, that it, it was even easier for you to, to understand and to, to be loved on, on the English language too. Right. And I had a teacher, uh, my ESL teacher, who was um, Miss Vihar in Manhu High School. <laughs> you know, she was she was very sensitive uh -huh. and a very good teacher in a way that she recognizes that that is the bridge that I need to learn English. And so she constantly referred to my French knowledge when she teaches when she taught me english and that's how i learned english um quite quickly in high school mm -hmm. so actually she was like using translanguaging at that time even though she did, probably didn't know these strategies right yeah and and i think that's the that's the reality of language teaching in in the world so when i was in west virginia bilingual education was illegal so there was no bilingual education So they assigned me a Spanish and French teacher as my ESL teacher. Uh -huh. But as you said, throughout my ESL instruction with Miss Vihar, she actually used translanguaging to help me because she recognized that translanguaging was my strength in order to mm -hmm. move forward in learning a new language actually two, lang two new languages. Yeah. She was also my Spanish teacher. Wow, this is incredible. Even though like back at that time, there, there were some teachers that they, they want to help the students and develop their um, linguistic repertoire. This is great. This is what actually we need. I feel that uh, we need to um, let the teachers know, uh, especially, content area teachers and they may be not so related to languages that these kind of things is what the student need to improve in their classrooms because um, like many of these students it's they don't get the the content because they don't understand the language or maybe they know already the content but because of language struggles they they cannot improve themselves um, I see just myself an example right now. Um, I'm studying ma uh, mathematics for my practice test. So I feel that I understand the things, but I, it takes me so much time to understand the, the statement and the math problem. But I know yeah. how to do it because I learned it like 10, 15 years ago, but I know how to do it. But because of the language, I, it took me more time and extra time to understand things. Yes. So, So, in fact, you are learning the mathematic language yeah, in exactly. English um, based on your knowledge of math that mm -hmm. you already acquired when you went to school in your own country. Exactly. That was the same thing for me when I was came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so, what would you like to uh, tell our audience about... Um, I don't know, what do you think that our 
because our audience usually are a teacher or students that are, they are gonna become teachers. So what do you think that is important for them to know um, when, when they get a job or when they are already teaching um, emergent bilingual right now? Like, what do you think that it, it's the most important thing that they need to know? Yeah, I feel like there are three things mm -hmm. um, that I always um, advise teachers to always learning about mm -hmm. when they become uh, professional teachers. And they are the three no's. Mm -hmm. Know your students. Okay. Um, and by, by know your students, I mean really dig in and try to figure out your student as learners, but also as human beings, as cultural beings that, are, that have families and communities. Um, and I think those will give you insights into what approaches or strategies would work best with them. I also think that as new teachers enter the, the field, you also want to continue to improve your knowledge of the content that you teach. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking a lot about elementary school teachers. Um, I know that at the secondary level, many teachers spent um, more time learning their content. Mm -hmm. But at the elementary level, because teachers are generalist, you know, we, we learn a little bit about how to teach and develop literacy, a little bit about math education, a little bit about social studies, but we really do not have the time nor the luxury to really develop deep content knowledge. But as we become teachers and we are assigned teaching assignments, um, I think it would be very um, important for us to actually know the content that we teach children, especially in the area of science and mathematics. Um, and, and the last one really is to know your craft, right? <laughs> um, to really sharpen your skills as you um, work with students. And I think the more diverse the student populations that you volunteer to teach, mm -hmm. the better your craft will be. Um, a lot of new teachers are afraid to face um, diverse student population. They prefer to go to um, kind of monocultural classroom because they felt that it's easier to learn and to, and to manage. But I have to tell you, the more diverse your students, the better skilled you will be as a teacher because they challenge you to actually sharpen your skills as teachers. Um, and those are the things that I think every, every teacher, either new or experienced, need to keep in mind all the time. And at least that's what I keep in mind all the time. Um, when I run into trouble and my students are frustrated, I go back to what is it that caused that frustration, right? Is it that I'm not addressing their needs because I don't know what they need? Is it because the content is too inaccessible to them because I didn't break down the content enough to make it accessible to them? Or is it because I just didn't use the right strategy at the time? You know, um, I wasn't really skillful in my teaching. Wow. Now I feel that I'm um, taking courses and learning so much about theories, talking to professors. I feel that I know so many theoretical things 
but I'm so afraid to go to the classroom and just to put it in practice. <laughs> well, I, I, I can understand your anxiety. What I can tell you is that students are very forgiving. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they are um, as long as you are willing to learn about them mm-hmm. and how to serve them best they are very forgiving okay. um, and so all of your theoretical knowledge will be put to test mm-hmm. uh, when you enter the classroom but that's another set of skills that you could develop as a young teacher yeah and I need to develop but I guess that only with experience I can I can do it <laughs> yes Thank you so much for those words because they are rewarding and they are like um, they encourage me to to keep uh, studying and to to keep in mind that it's not gonna be bad. I'm gonna survive. <laughs> you will survive, and all those theories that you learn at the university will help you think deeply about your students, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Would you like to add something else to, to this conversation? No, I, it was a very great conversation. I am uh, inspired by your uh, podcast. Uh, I think it's a great idea, and I am very uh, honored to be one of the interviewees. Well, we are honored that you can participate in our podcast, actually. <laughs> and now, like, we, we know that you are very busy with your new position, so it's, it's a, it has been a pleasure, and we really appreciate your advice and recommendations, for sure. Well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> thank you.